Wikipedia defines pilgrimage as a journey often into an unknown or foreign place where a person goes in search of new or expanded meaning about their self, others, nature, or a higher good through the experience. Sticking with the Wikipedia level of research that you're used to on this podcast, on that same page which provided this description, it mentions eight criteria established by a Christian priest that distinguishes a pilgrimage from simple tourism. Elements like faith, ritual, perseverance, and community all separate travel for pleasure from travel for discovery. To be a pilgrim is to not just go looking for something you haven't seen, but to learn something about oneself and their place in the world through the process of traveling and seeing those things. So can you call the trip to Shakespeare's birthplace, to the Globe Theater, and to the various sites around Stratford-upon-Avon a pilgrimage? It's a trip undertaken by hundreds of thousands of people, pandemic years aside. And it really kind of depends on what you bring along with you when you go. If just one stop among many, just one more pretty little English town, or just another show in a cool setting, then maybe extending the title pilgrimage is a bit much. But a pilgrimage is a personal thing. And for Lindsay and I, who visited in the winter of 2013 and 14, there was a bit of pilgrimage to our experience. Yes, our trip wasn't dedicated purely to Shakespeare, and no, there wasn't any actual ritual to create lasting change in our actions, lives, or personalities, but as lifelong writers, there was something mind-altering about seeing actual swans on the Avon, down the street from where the town's sweetest swan was born. There's a quiet introspection when you look at where Shakespeare's bones are buried, and it hits you. And there's a sense of perseverance in seeing a Shakespeare play performed in the globe as it was always designed and meant to be played. So you'll forgive us if we talk about our experiences today with a little bit of pilgrim-like admiration for what was otherwise a pretty normal trip to England for two middle-class Canadians. No, it wasn't a life-changing experience, but we did learn a little bit about what it means to be writers as tourists in Shakespeare's homes across England. And it's an experience we wanted to talk with you all about today on this episode of The Big Stew Shakespeare. Since brevity is the soul of wit, more of your conversation would infect my brain. Romeo. Wherefore art thou, Romeo? To speak of him as my kinsman, he's a most notable coward. An infinite and endless liar. An hourly promise breaker. The owner of no one good quality worthy your lordship's entertainment. I'd beat thee, but I should infect my hand. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. Course of true love never did run smooth. I'm Aiden. I'm Lindsay. And this is the Big Spot. And as Aiden so eloquently stated, as I always say, that, you always, I always say that. that. You think I'm eloquent. Yeah. It's a nice compliment at yeah. the start of every episode. Well, either we way, as he said yeah. it in his opening essay, uh, we're here to talk about uh, Shakespeare's birthplace and the the, the pilgrim pilgrimage sites across uh, across England that. Um, yeah, we visited. Mm-hmm. Thousands upon thousands, millions of people have visited, um, and I, I like the the way that you've set it set it up for us, Aiden. That there's a religious connotation to pilgrimage, mm-hmm. but does so so it it begs the question, if that's the right way to use that phrase. I think so. Um, is traveling to visit Shakespeare's birthplace or the Globe Theater? a pilgrimage and I think that's something I I, you know intellectually curious that I want to explore but I also just kind of want to talk about our trip because it's been you know a long time (laughs) since we've traveled anywhere yeah we we went out for a date night tonight and oh my god it was like crazy like we're just like, oh my god, this is their people. Like, what yeah, is this? This right? is insane. Like, this is oh what, wow, you know, living through a pandemic is like. Shakespeare would have known about this yeah, sort of thing. Exactly, uh, being born into a pandemic, he was, you know, when one out of every three babies died the year that Shakespeare was born, he was, you know, he was a survivor, one of the lucky survivors. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's um, it's fitting that way. Fitting, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did want to talk a little bit about um, you know our perspective, and we did just want to you know talk about it because it's a cool experience and we wanted to share that with the listeners and um, for those of you who haven't gone maybe or who've thought about it and or pondered and who've gone and had a totally different experience we'd love to hear from you as well but um you know for us it really was kind of a pilgrimage i i we chose that language haphazardly i think two and a half years ago when we set up the <laughs> list of topics that we'd uh discuss on this podcast but um it's kind of stuck around and it, and it does feel like there is kind of a um there's an introspective 
nature to pilgrimage, right? Where mm. you're going in order to do um, something for yourself. You're there to learn a little bit of, of whatever, whether it's a religious awakening or that's usually the, the most common thing, obviously. But for, for Shakespeare pilgrimage, it's kind of like uh, a connection to the author. And and I think it's it's like... Um... It's like that that scene in Star Trek First Contact when Picard is like touching I the... love you so much right now. Yeah, why? <laughs> Just continue. <laughs> when he's touching the the rocket ship that yes. that um the Phoenix. The Phoenix yeah. that uh Zephram Cochran is gonna, you know, do the first warp flight on. Mm-hmm. And Data's asking, like, why do you have to touch it? And Picard explains to him like what touching it actually does. Like that mm-hmm. that's kind of what it's like. Like I remember yeah. standing in one of the rooms in in Shakespeare's birthplace house and mm-hmm. you can see people have etched on the windows and they're like Tennyson or something like there were some really famous signatures etched into the windows and then here we are like touching the window it's like there's a there was a connection um that is it's weird because it's not reverent in a religious way but it felt yeah almost quasi-religious yeah I mean well I mean which sounds crazy no but no but I said it out loud no but literally like I mean religion is a part of culture and uh so we have uh, high veneration for this cultural figure, whether it's a god or a, mm, a, de- right. a white dead dude from 400 years ago, <laughs> right? Dead like, white dude. yeah, I mean, there's, there's, we've built up something in our brain about who this was and why he's important. And then to go and experience a little bit of the world as he saw, you know, like literally just walking down the streets and seeing the landscape that he would have known every day mm-hmm. of his life for the first 16, 18 years or something like that, right? right. Like, just to get that experience and to walk into the church where he was buried you know like these are these are just things that humanize a story that's otherwise very far away for a lot of us i mean i think uh the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust, their number one clientele is actually students from all across the UK who come in and visit and are forced to, you know, experience this history. Um, So it's, it's, it hits a little different for them, I'm sure. But uh, for you and I, Lindsay, as Shakespeare nerds, uh, (laughs) we, we wanted this, we wanted this experience. We sought it out and we, we took something out of it. I think a little more than, yeah, if you just like, oh yeah, I'm going through England today and I'm going to stop at Shakespeare and take a couple pictures and, and move on. Right. But I think it also feels different. I It would be a similar experience for someone who doesn't believe in the bardolatry myth around Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not, if you're an anti-Stratfordian, which is someone who doesn't believe that the man from Stratford wrote the plays attributed to Shakespeare, um, there is still something about visiting a town like Stratford-upon-Avon, and England is filled with towns like this. Europe is filled with towns like this, (laughs) where it's like the history has been shielded a little bit. The the houses are there, and they've been preserved, and there's um, a sense of continuity with the past that I think is, even if you aren't there for the same reason that Aiden and I went, you would still you would still get something from that experience, and I think that that's um, that sets it apart from average tourism, right? Well, not really. I mean, if you're going to a, a place in Europe, like you want to go to Florence, you yeah. want to go there because you want to connect with the Renaissance masters I guess, and stuff, right? I guess, but but it, my point is it's that there's something that it's not quite tourism, but it's not the same as like England has this rich history of pilgrimage, right? Um, you know, there's the religious idea of going to Canterbury Cathedral or... Um, the the mythological, you know, visiting Tintagel or Glastonbury Tor or um, Stonehenge, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are things people do and we did that as well. <laughs> but it's it's different visiting because you're going to see something secular. But it's also not like a pop cultural thing either. Like we did a Dickens tour. <laughs> we did a Jack the Ripper tour. We did a Beatles tour in Liverpool. Yeah, a lot of Beatles um, stuff. Shakespeare is is the same but different. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a. I think you're right. It is. It is about humanizing this this person. But but it's. I, I don't know. My point. My point got lost a long time ago. I was trying to bring it back to this this history of pilgrimage and and the religious 
connotation well, of it. Well, I think you're, I think, well, that's exactly it. I mean, these, these figures, all those ones you just mentioned have taken on a kind of, you know, it's pop culture, but it's also a little bit elevated above pop culture because it, it has lasted for 200 years. Like Dickens hasn't written a book in 160 years, yeah. but you know, we still talk about him and stuff, right. you know, and Jack the Ripper. I mean, yes, James T. Kirk solved that case in 2248 <laughs> or something like that. 67. Actually. Okay. I'm sorry. But, uh, but you know, like that, that's still something that hangs out with us. He's right. still maybe the all time, uh, best known serial killer. Uh, yeah. Cause he was one of the earliest well, ones. Well, right? it's taken on legendary connotations, yeah. right? Like that's what, yeah, these, these things. And I don't know there, I think the reason that England is so, it's such a hotspot for that. Like why there are so many of these things that you can do in England is because as we've mentioned countless times throughout this podcast, we are the inheritors of English culture. This is our birthright. You know, it's, it's, that's the empire that settled and colonized our country. So of course we're going to want to, you know, go visit Bath and see where Jane Austen lived, right? Because that's Which we also we, did, by the way. <laughs> because that's where we, that's what we learned. That's who we venerated. Yeah. It's just interesting that for so many other cultures around the world, and even some that aren't necessarily as tied to England as Canada or the United States are, yeah. um, they also seek out yeah. this Shakespeare pilgrimage. Because I mean, well, I, see, I don't, I think. <clears throat> I think that's where I, we'd have to disagree because I think the pilgrimage aspect is because you and I really like Shakespeare. I think a lot of people go to Shakespeare birthplace trust as just another thing. Oh, the Tower Bridge. No, saw that. I don't. I don't know another if that's true. I don't know if that's true because yeah. when I watched the six or eight part Melvin Bragg, the story of English documentary for the God, fifth good, or sixth is, time, a, it's a, a really good documentary. It series. claps. It collapsed. It absolutely collapsed. I believe the phrase is it slaps. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I keep um, messing that up. It, uh, in that documentary, they talked to a whole bunch of people. Now, this was in the early 2000s, but still, um, people from all over the world who can quote Shakespeare, who are fans of Shakespeare, but but it, it's like us being fans of Shakespeare. Like, they know a lot about Shakespeare, and they're there. They've made this trip. It's like they're... I'm not trying to say that this is like a universal thing that everybody feels drawn to, but it is interesting that there are so many cultures that do this. Well, I mean, with Shakespeare specifically. I mean, you did mention it already, but you know, there was a big colonial aspect to this, right? But I mean, mean, there's there's like yes, non Hong Kong Chinese, you know, nationals who are visiting yes Shakespeare yes. But and they don't have the same colonial history that we do. Well, they have some colonial England. history. <laughs> like, some, I, I, well, know, I know, I, I know, mean, I know. She, we've talked about this yes. as well, but, you know, Shakespeare was spread across the world as mm-hmm. the greatest writer of all time. And he's English. What do you know? Because we're yeah. the greatest empire of all time. Like this is, these are all combined, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think you can separate them or I don't think anybody would really want to, but you can't really step away from, you know, uh, the publicity of Shakespeare yeah. uh, from the history of Shakespeare or from the internationalization of Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, these are all, you know, one and the same, really. Uh, so, I mean, and it, uh, my, my point, if anything, wins, is to say that it's a personal thing, whether or not it's a pilgrimage versus tourism. Absolutely. And, and I think for you and I, it was a pilgrim pilgrimage for sure. And I think a lot of those other places we visited, like... Stonehenge to an extent. I mean, that one for me was more interesting. It was so cold and the wind and the rain was coming sideways uh, <laughs> so bad that day that I couldn't really do much introspection at Stonehenge. But uh, it was cool to see and like to imagine that these these stones have been here for thousands of years and yeah. they set them up for the solstice and nobody knows who those people are or what happened to them or how you they know, did it. Yeah, or how they did it. All these questions are left unanswered. Uh, and that's really cool, too. Um, so I, but I think someone who's like an archaeologist or, or, right. or someone who's really into that era of history would go on a pilgrimage just for just for that, just for Stonehenge, you know, and I think right. for you and I, it was the Beatles and it was Shakespeare when when we visited England. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should specify uh, just because I forgot to mention in the Essay, but we didn't actually go to see a uh, globe production that year when we right. went in 2013 14 because uh, it was winter and they don't do the plays in the winter because uh, it's an open air theater it's an open air theater and it gets quite chilly in yeah, london in the middle of december and january yeah. so uh we went back in the summer of 2017 when we were in paris when we, this podcast was already around yeah uh and we saw a production of it was midsummer night's dream right 
Or was it? No, it was uh, Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night. It was Twelfth yeah. Night. Um, so yeah, just to clear that up. Yeah. But uh, that was that was kind of our experience. I'd say mm-hmm. that at least is that's why we went there was to you know yeah. form a connection with with the history and the and the place. Yeah. Why some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrown upon them. So a little bit of history about the whole idea of Shakespeare pilgrimage. Now we talked a bit about the Shakespeare industry quite a few episodes back when we did like the economics of Shakespeare, I think, or maybe it was Shakespeare. Um, what do we call Shakespeare it? Shakespeare money or something like no, that? No, like, like the ones where, where we had like all the different souvenirs and stuff. Oh yeah. That was even earlier. The Shakespeare industry or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we don't even remember our own fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we to talk. Yeah. Um, but there is a history of this uh, idea of pilgrimage mm-hmm. or making a pilgrimage to Stratford-upon-Avon. And it kind of begins in 1769, mm-hmm. which is when David Garrick, noted playhouse owner and actor and maybe the first bardolatry follower, bar- bardolater? That's a word. Is it a word? You made it up. Um, when he had a jubilee... He celebrated the Jubilee, well, it was the 150th year of Shakespeare's birth, but it was held five years too late Um, for, I don't know, reasons. But uh, it was held in September 1769, and it was kind of a disaster. I guess the the first day went well, and it was well attended, and there were cannons and all kinds of festivities. But then it rained the rest of the time. Yeah, it was all in outdoors. Yeah. There was nothing planned in case of bad weather and it, yeah it turned into a complete shit show yeah and and so it was it kind of an kind of a ignom, ignominious ignominious you use that word not only did you say it correctly you used it correctly Lindsay. that is Thanks. again i love you very very <laughs> much right now um so an ignominious beginning to the shakespeare pilgrimage industry i mm. guess um but it still sticks out because it it did kickstart the whole idea i i think i seem to remember reading somewhere probably when we were doing that past episode that it was only because of garrick that you know 50 or 60 years later there was an effort it was a little longer than that later because i think victorian albert or at least prince albert was very interested in um preserving shakespeare's birthplace Mm -hmm. and dickens threw some money at it too and and there was like this huge pledge drive basically to save the house and that wouldn't have happened if if david garrick hadn't brought attention on the 150th anniversary of or 250th anniversary 150 1564 to 1769 250th 200th are you mad oh my god you you really should not anyway the 200th (laughs) anniversary of his birth yes um so so yes that kind of sets the seed plants the seed sets the wheels in motion for this pilgrimage industry and and you're right it was absolutely picked up uh in the 18th cent 1800s mm-hmm. uh so in 1846 uh the house was put up for sale mm-hmm. his original house that he was you know the shakespeare birthplace uh and that was when pc barnum wanted to buy it and i think we discussed right, this as we well yep. and then uh charles dickens helped form the committee that eventually yep. became the shakespeare birthday birthplace trust which was formed in 1847 yeah there um we go. and as basically run this whole time since so they, uh, as they, a nonprofit, yeah. yeah and they own um four different five different properties I think it's four they own the the shake the birthplace yeah um hall's croft which is yeah. the house that belonged to um shakespeare's daughter and her husband mm-hmm. the grounds at new place which was the house that yeah. shakespeare bought when yes, he won his all, new had place. all his money yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which and, doesn't stand anymore, but the grounds are there. Yeah. There's also Anne Hathaway's cottage, cottage. and Mary Arden's uh, farm. Oh, and there's more. I'm just looking it up now as we were talking about it. Uh, there's the Palmer's farm. Oh, okay. Which is Mary Arden's, yeah. yeah. And then the Glebe farm. Oh. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it had belonged to the Arden family. Okay. And then Harvard House, situated in High Street. Uh, grandfather of the benefactor of Harvard University, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's a, it's a Not museum. Not necessarily related to no, Shakespeare. No, it, it's just they, they own it. And yeah. it's, it's used as another museum for Shakespeare stuff. But so. the, the five places that are really associated with Shakespeare, the five that... And we didn't go to all five when we were in when no. we were there. We only went to uh, three of those yes. places. 
um, that were owned by the Shakespeare Birthplace Trust. But um, so, yeah, you pay a fee, you get a pass, you get to go to all these different locations and um, they have guided tours, but they also let you just roam around, which is more or less what we did. I think we interrupted a couple of tours while we were there and they have like costumed interpreters Mm -hmm. who kind of walk you through what things would have been like. And in Shakespeare's Birthplace, there was like... uh, a replica of the bed that yeah. had like the trundle bed underneath it for where the kids sleep and you'd have your servant sleeping in that corner. Like it really did hammer home this idea of the, the Tudor yeah. house and yeah. how there was no sense of privacy Absolutely none, yeah. and everybody just like lived together. So, I mean, that was kind of cool. And, and, and talking to the people about, you know, what that from a historical standpoint was actually quite interesting how Shakespeare would have been born in that house and how um, that was very common at the time Mm -hmm. like this this kind of thing you know from a non-Shakespearean fan standpoint is still quite fascinating yeah even if you're just a general fan of history or you're just interested in seeing what life was like back then that's a very good uh, memory of it and uh, way of or like going to the farm and like it's apparently it's a working farm right (laughs) yeah yeah that's right which we didn't it was winter so they it wasn't really open but you know you could see you know how a Tudor farm would have been run like that's that's neat yeah um, uh, the Anne yeah. Hathaway house was uh, really, really fun for me because they had a lovely garden. Yeah. Uh, we just strolled through that. For and like a cat. A I remember the cat yes. very well. There was a beautiful little calico cat that yeah. followed us around, which was nice. Oh, that was nice. But it's way out. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> we always yeah. the cats. Yeah. It's way out of the city and, and we had to drive there. I remember. Yeah, like yeah, All the other drive. places are. <laughs> well, maybe not. Um, you could walk there, I think, but. Yeah, there was well, one, I mean, yeah, Shakespeare yeah. didn't drive. No, obviously. <laughs> but most of the places are quite clustered around the center of, of Stratford-upon-Avon. Yeah. And, and that town itself is very old-fashioned. It's, a, it's you know, their high street, their main streets are cobbled. And, you know, there's all these uh, Tudor-style houses. And they're probably from the Tudor time. Yeah, like, I mean, this yeah. is... The history isn't faked, you know. Yeah, I mean they've been. They, I'm sure they've. Those ones have been renovated, unlike oh, I'm sure. <laughs> in the Shakespeare one. But uh, yeah, it's it's very uh, in keeping. Like the town just feels as if it. I mean, it's modern in mm-hmm. some respects. Uh, there was there's a nice there's a picture on uh, Wikipedia of the birthplace trust um, showing in the 60s when yeah. there were cars parked right outside yeah. in front of Shakespeare's house, yeah. which has all been removed, and it's a it's a walking it's a only walking street yeah. and stuff like that. So they continue to make changes, and and the town obviously is in the 21st century, but it's uh, it has this this deep obvious connection to the past. That's yeah, really cool. like you can't really escape it if you're no. going to live in Stratford upon Avon. You got to be you got to be accepting of that part of it, right? Yeah. And some of the people who live there are children, just like Shakespeare was a student yes. uh, at one point. So the school that he went to is still in operation yes, to this it's day. It's wild to think about that. Like, you could be... You could just be like, oh yeah, I was just born here and now I go to the same... Like I said, not the same desk, but in the same spot where Shakespeare once sat. Like, that's crazy. Like, it's, it's now, so Now, cool. again, we don't know for sure that Shakespeare went to school. But if he went to school, it would have been at the... Yeah. Uh, king james or the james the sixth school or whatever yeah, whatever was. they called it yeah yeah but it was it was very very uh no wait not james what was uh what was henry's, henry's? was it james who no, his james son the, no it was edward edward yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, little was prince edward was that what it was called or no i, I don't remember but either way the, the edward the <laughs> we'll whatever find out school. the link and we'll we'll put that on the website when after we've done our our uh, re- real research after the uh-huh. episode of course um <laughs> But yeah, that was really cool to see. And we like, didn't go in. No, of course not. There, there were it was winter time. Yeah, and students. it's winter break. <laughs> but you know, it's you can you know you can see it. You can walk yeah. right by it. You can it's look in the mind- courtyard and stuff. Yeah. It's like it is mind boggling. Yeah, it was very. It was very. Uh, yeah, it was one of those moments where you can connect with it with the history really, really directly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because the town is so walkable, and and really at the time that Shakespeare was. Uh, alive it was a town of maybe 2000 people 1500 yeah, 2000 people that, yeah. so i mean everybody got around by walking so you'd go from the house to the church which is was our kind of our final destination mm-hmm. and it took like 5 minutes to walk there yeah. and you're walking right past the the river avon which is or avon 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 i i think of avon and i think of the little old ladies who go door to door and sell makeup but absolutely um i think that's what it's actually doesn't avon mean yeah. river 
in it might Celtic. Maybe. You and could when be right. the Romans came, they're like, what's that called? Well, it's river. It's a river. And then it's they're like, river. oh, Avon. Yes. It's yes. like non bread. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the Brits do love naming things twice. Um, <laughs> and then and then you get to the church, which is like the uh, not a paid location on any tours because it's a still a working it's a, it's church, a church. It's the church. But it's the church to. where Shakespeare was baptized and where he's buried. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of a. Did we get to see the actual name yep the register they have, they they have, have it the out register right? in like their it's like in the like glass enclosure yeah kind of thing. it's yeah. under glass i have yeah. a picture of it yeah that's right okay <laughs> yeah. i couldn't remember if that was or if that was from a documentary like that we because we've watched so many shakespeare <laughs> yeah exactly um sorry and it just before we move on to what's not in uh stratford upon avon the river itself was yeah. very very uh Shakespeare. <laughs> it felt I don't know, it felt very placid yeah. and calm. It felt like this this was this, the ideal sleepy English little yes. town for a uh, would-be genius to like <laughs> feel like he's bound up by this town, you know? Like mm. I don't know why that this is again just me projecting and this is part of what made it a pilgrimage was to try and create this impression of who the person was based right. on his surroundings. And yeah, the river is just like the town. It is sleepy and slow, and there's literal swans that just came and were just perched there and floated and down, down the thing. It's not. It's not a fast flowing river. There's not rapids. No. It's not. It's not the kind of river that like we have a river two blocks from our house right now that like voyagers and fur traders, you know, paddled upstream to trade in the harsh, forbidding. Well, that, that's not. That is not this. it. This is. It's like, like the you go there and you can wash your clothes in the river and like. You can hop across it at points. Like probably. a lazy <laughs> river at an all-inclusive. This yeah, is that's, lazier that's like than that, that, right? It's just a very yeah, like like a a placid landscape yeah there's just no other way to put it and yeah you're right it does kind of have this feel of like this is a sleepy town i am outgrowing this town i need to go to london right because this is all if i want to float away like joni mitchell on her river or skate away on it yeah uh it's it's not going to get you very far no very quickly so hence why he went to but it was neat to go on a bridge and like spit in the river and be like hey maybe shakespeare did that because i think we did that i know or we played poo sticks or something yeah did we play poo sticks i don't think so i seem to remember playing poo sticks a couple of times you may have just done that on your own that's totally fine okay and the last one uh, that's on our list, although there are other places you go for sure. Shakespeare, but uh, the Globe Theater yeah. is obviously maybe the number one, actually almost guaranteed the number one because it puts on shows yeah. and people go there to watch the play. Yeah, you don't have to be a Shakespeare fan to enjoy something at the Globe because yeah. they don't just put on yeah. Shakespearean productions. They do that, but they also put on other plays, modern plays, mm-hmm. um, restoration plays there's a couple of different theaters that they have on the grounds and it's actually a reconstruction of the original globe to original globe specifications the only difference is that they have fire suppressants um suppressants in the roof because that's how the original globe burned down (laughs) um was it caught fire so um but other than that, everything is pretty much like waddle and daub and everything like they did it the way it should have been done. Yeah. It's just slightly moved yeah. from the original location. It was like 200 because, meters or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. I think the banks of the river have changed. Have shifted, yes. So yes, the original location is underwater now yeah. or something. Yeah. So yeah, it's not going to work. And, and the globe is absolutely wonderful absolutely if you're in london and you have the chance do go see a play mm-hmm. that play there whether it's shakespeare or not really doesn't matter you're gonna have a great time and uh you can also get a tour that's what we did when we did go in the winter yeah. uh we did get a tour of the globe before we uh could actually see a play because again nothing was showing but you know you get to walk through the thing and see the stage up close and everything and then you get the they had like a behind the scenes kind of thing where they showed some of the costumes from Mm -hmm. maybe not original costumes but costumes that would have been used in in there and then they had like a printing press and they had Mm -hmm. other you know shakespeare you know paraphernalia things that have been found in archaeological digs and whatnot because there's a lot of that stuff when the the river larks go out in in the river they find and, you know, um, pieces of smashed pottery that would have been the box office earnings that you, you know how that 
a box office smash. Do you know the origin I, of this? I do know, but Lindsay, please I'm gonna do share with our listeners. Yeah. If I have, maybe I've done this already. I think we have. But. Maybe I'll do it again. Um, the the box that you would put all the money in for a show would have been sealed, and you couldn't open it until you you had to break it open. Like it wasn't. Apparently, you couldn't unlock it. Apparently, so not. a box office smash was when you smashed the box and took the money the out money of it, out. right? So a box office smash now is a a big deal back then you know just every night if yeah you know you'd smash the box right (laughs) literally um this this is apparently i don't know if that's true yeah it might be powerful but still i hope it's true all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players and just as i Lindsay already mentioned it really but uh it is really interesting to a north american uh how close all these things are in striver upon yvonne you can see the whole town just walking in fact it's if you're on a nice spring day or something like that it, it would probably be a great way to spend the whole day is just wandering from place to place in it was uh, a little unpleasant in early january yeah but. yeah it was a little cold <laughs> at points but it was actually not that that day wasn't too bad um but it could be really terrible um and i think it's just worth mentioning like uh if you are in london i think it's I mean, you'll Google map, Maps it if you're going to look, if you're looking to drive. We did drive out there because it was on our way to our second pilgrimage of Liverpool and yes. the Beatles sites. So um, we did it all, but it was, it's very easy to get around. It's, uh, this is just like practical information for anybody who's looking to go. Uh, super easy to get around to. Um, lots of parking even and stuff like that. It was not difficult. There's tons of great bed and breakfasts. I think that's where we stayed yeah. uh, then. And the place where we ate, Lindsay, what was that called? We had uh, The Garrick Inn, I believe yes, it was. Yes, yes. Uh, named after, of course, David the man Garrick. who started the whole idea. So yeah, uh, it was, yeah, there's, there's a lot of really great pubs and stuff and everything around there. Uh, it's a wonderful experience. Just remember, North Americans, that when you're driving, it's on the other side of the road. That was alarming. I'm I'm just going to say <laughs> it was slightly alarming. That was the only day you could drive was there because you got sick the next day when I you were heading to Liverpool. I did get very sick. So I had to drive the whole way to Liverpool. And back. Yeah. Through Nottingham rough. and everything. Well, that was nice. No, it wasn't. We were detoured. We were stuck on whatever. You know, people talk about the the British roadway system. We experienced this firsthand having to take a, a detour like... Three hours outside of, of, well, it probably wasn't that bad, but we got our rental car. We had to drop that off in like the middle of fucking central London during rush hour traffic <laughs> on like a Friday after the place had closed. And then you left your phone in the car or some That's shit. Right. We, had we had to go, go back, back the, the next, next day. day. Yeah. Hey, we pulled it off. It's a fun drip, let me tell you guys. Uh, against Lindsay's, uh, I don't know complaints uh it's it's actually a really fun trip out there so absolutely go and around the globe there's also obviously there's tons of it's london the food is around is great mm-hmm. the when we went to actually see a play we we stopped at like it's like a gastropub yeah type. yeah but no the other the better thing is like down the road from well, down the boardwalk from yeah. where the globe is there's like an authentic pub that yes. has been there since, like, since the time the yes. Shakespeare, since the Globe was there, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So it's like, so we did have a couple of drinks there. Yeah. And, uh, and that was wild because yeah. it's like, this may have been a pub that someone like Shakespeare would have come in before or after during a performance. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if the reviews are not going well. Yeah, right. Or, yeah. you know, you need to hide away from your creditors or, yeah. you know, escape the marauding bear that got away from the bear baiting den <laughs> or the winter's tale right yeah why then the world's mine oyster which i with sword will open so expectations versus reality i think this is an important thing to talk about because um for anybody who's going on some kind of pilgrimage there's obviously going to be an idea in your mind about what this thing is and the experience is either going to live up to that expect or exceed it, maybe. Rarely, I think. Well, depends. Or depends more likely, more likely are, yeah. it's going to fall far short. And I think that's the that's the case. Maybe not so much with religious pilgrimage, because I think the religious fervor of religious pilgrimage um, masks a lot of that. Well, for it's some part people. of it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But for a secular pilgrimage. I think that the expectation, I, I the fear for me before we went was that it wasn't going to live up to that mm-hmm. expectation. And it did. In my case, it did live up to it. Um, I will say the Beatles 
pilgrimage exceeded my expectations. Yes, you were blown right off. Yes, by that one, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but the the Shakespeare one definitely was. Um, I, I think I expect I I didn't expect as we've already mentioned many times I didn't expect it to be so close together. I didn't expect to be able to walk, and that kind of blew me away. Um, I did expect to have moments of like awe I guess or reverence in certain places but I guess I was surprised by what those places actually Mm. turned out to be like such as what was something that did inspire you well like walking around the grounds of new place there's Mm. not even a building there it's just because the building was torn down centuries ago so it's just the grounds but there's this tree in the back I think it's it's a hawthorn tree and they say that it's like descended yeah, from the from tree, tree that, that Shakespeare was, actually planted. Yeah. And I got a little verklempt when I was there. It was like, oh, this is like it, it, it was like it was nature, but yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, connected yeah, yeah. to this cultural yeah. thing that yeah. I felt very strongly about. So that that was kind of an yeah. interesting moment for yeah, me. Yeah, for me, it was going to the church. And I, I, I think we were like right outside the church and you were like, oh, the church, it's, it's this way. And I was expecting like a 20 minute walk or something. And like you said, yeah, it was yeah. five minutes. I'm like, oh, this is the church. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just, it's just part of town. And it's like super low key. It's like any Anglican uh, church. Yeah. That you've ever of, seen. The, of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you walk in and there's the little bust of Shakespeare that I've seen in all those documentaries all those times. I was just like, oh, wow, that's right there. And it was, it was, yeah. uh, yeah, that one that one just surprised me because I'm like, okay, he's probably actually buried there. Like, yes, he's he's dust now, if anything. Uh, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> literally, he was buried here, and that was that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because like had a similar kind of experience in London earlier when we'd gone to uh, that Westminster, play, Abbey. Westminster Abbey and all those famous poets and everything are yeah. buried there, right? Although although I don't know necessarily that they're buried where their no, monuments are. No, of course are. not. So no, there's no. a little bit of a difference yeah. because, uh, yeah, not all of and St. Paul's was the same, right? Yeah, maybe that it was the same St. Paul's. I don't remember. Either one, they both had. Yeah, and and even that little chapel that we went to in the Tower of London, yeah, where Anne Boleyn right. is apparently yeah, yeah. unceremoniously tossed, <laughs> um, like it. You know, every church has people buried in the aisle, like under the aisle, yeah, right? Yeah. But uh, so in in this case, it wasn't under the aisle. It's like on a dais, almost. yeah, like on the on the rise, like where the where the priest would stand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although it's all roped off and cordoned off, the yeah, whole of Shakespeare family is there. Yeah, um, and it has a little, you know, yeah, poem. the curse, <laughs> yeah, curse be he that moves with these bones or whatever. Yeah, uh, and it was yeah, and I think so. I think for me personally. Uh, the I had relatively low expectations. Did you? I think because uh, I was stressed about the whole trip. I'm just a very stressed person about traveling. No, I know. tell me you about would, it. You would never think it to talk to wow. me or know me at all. Uh, but so I think when I'm when we're out there, I'm just kind of like I'm I'm stressed about getting to the place, mm-hmm. and then once I'm at the place, I can really enjoy it because the stress is gone. And it's right. just like, I can just walk around and be like, oh, wow. So I my mind is blank by the time I get to these like really cool sites. And I'm just like, so oh, funny. wow. Oh, my God. This is so cool. This is awesome. This is Shakespeare's birthplace. This is the bed that he was, you know, kind of maybe born on kind of thing. Right. It was just <laughs> it was for me, the whole thing met expectation because met my expectation because I didn't have any. Um, and that's generally how I try to go through life is just uh, very low expectations. Wow. And then uh, get blown away when something really cool happens. See, I'm the, I'm the total opposite. Like I oh, have I, know. I have an expectation. <laughs> I I go to places and I'm like I need I need to feel a certain way or I need to experience a certain thing for this to be real. Real. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I end up taking a lot of photographs mm-hmm. trying to capture that and I think that's a mistake because I don't really live in those moments. I relive them kind of through pictures but it's never the same so that's my failing because almost always things don't like I'm always disappointed because it's never the way that I think I'm going to react or I think I'm going to 
behave or what yeah. I think I'm going to encounter. Yeah, it's like you and Christmas every year. Exactly. Like, I was just going to bring I it up. I am going to love Christmas. <laughs> and Christmas I is my never favorite do. part of the season. And then <laughs> Christmas Day comes, you're happy for about half an hour, and then you're like, I'm tired. I don't like Christmas anymore. <laughs> I'm bored. I'm it's bored. Like, it's, I'm sad. It's, yeah, not, it's not what I thought it would be. Yeah. Right? So, so yeah. I guess I guess that's... <laughs> so I guess but, Shakespeare but, being but, a... Meeting your expectations, meeting expectations pretty, was kind of cool. That's a yeah. big sign. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it did it did help that there were some some pretty standout moments, at least in the mm-hmm. in Stratford upon Avon, that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, do you have any like? Well, no, we'll talk about it in a minute. We can talk about it right, now. right now. Let's highlights and lowlights for the for the trip. I mean, I think a definite highlight both times we've been in London was the Globe Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Just as a. Uh, a history nerd as somebody with theater a lovers, like yeah. theater lovers we have a little bit of a connection as edmontonians to the globe theater because there were some scholars and uh from the university of alberta who actually helped rebuild, rebuild the globe it, in the yeah. 70s and 80s um which we didn't know about until we went there and yeah. kind of saw their names on the <laughs> yeah <laughs> which was cool yeah. um so i mean that that was just neat i guess right yeah. Yeah. but actually seeing a performance there in 2017 was was really cool like is, seeing yeah. it i've seen shakespeare in the round before i've seen shakespeare in various theater theaters, setups yeah various like, countries yeah. in various languages yeah. but to see it performed on the globe stage that there was something primal about it really mm-hmm. like that this was how theater began really like theater well, didn't our, really our exist. expectations yeah. of theater yeah. well yeah. and and yeah what we know theater to be there was theater before but it wasn't like this right yeah. so this was the birth of theater in places like this and so that was kind of a neat through line connection to our ancestors who first you know yeah. went to theaters we're both have we both have english heritage, heritage for sure. so. yeah. yeah no absolutely i think yeah the, the globe is obviously just it's it's like it's amazing i mean i've mm-hmm. said it i think three or four times now this episode but it is it is a great place to see a play and to experience some english history but i will say the next time we go we're getting a cushion oh my god that was so stupid yes. of us. <laughs> not to get the cushion it cost an extra five pounds or something we were like no we're fine get the fucking cushion yeah because the seats are hard and there's no back and you're kind of squished in there. Yeah. And yeah, it's the a seats, narrow the seat. Seats, Yeah, the seats are very narrow. I mean, like, they are not made for North American butts. Like, they are made for skinny European butts because, oh my God. Like, well, and skinny your shoulders, Renaissance yeah, European yeah, I butts think, too, right? Yeah, I wonder if the seating was uh, to spec for uh, I think they increased the, the seating capacity. I think so too. Yeah. By quite a bit. Yeah. But, um, but so, yeah, I mean, you know. we didn't, we did not see a, a play uh, standing, which would no. be another interesting thing. We, maybe next time we go, if we ever go again, we'll, we'll try it that way just to, just to see how that well, works. Well, and, and they do a lot of the modern, like obviously there's digital music and there's lights and the, you know, they put on, we saw a play in the evening, which didn't happen yeah. Shakespeare's day, but there's uh, that, the expectation of interactivity that people have for theater is really carried through um, with the groundlings. And I think yeah. that makes it, it's not a true Tudor or Elizabethan or Renaissance English theater experience, but the play we went to, um, Sebastian and Viola end up uh, cruising through the crowd on like, like crowd a, surfing. Yeah, yeah, literally on like there's these two guys hunched over at the back, like pushing them on. I don't know. It looked like pieces of scaffolding or something yeah, on yeah. wheels through the crowd, though, to make like the groundlings became the ocean that they yeah. were shipwrecked on. Yeah. It was cool. Like that. Really nice. That would be neat. You had to like part out of the way, so you become part of the show yeah. in that sense, yeah. which was neat. Yeah. No. And it's 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 a wonderful wonderful experience. Uh, and yet, yeah, very affordable f- mm-hmm. for those groundling seats. I think it was like ten pounds or something like that when we I went. Don't we we paid like forty five or fifty or something for our uh seated you know Mm -hmm. aristocratic uh viewpoint but uh yeah definitely uh i'd say that's probably my highlight of all time was was the globe um but within stratford upon avon uh i think the church was mine yeah Uh, as i mentioned already it it really was just kind of like oh wow this is this is like literally where he was baptized where he died you know like this is well he didn't die there he was buried there you get the point though right? right like this is where his life started and ended yeah in this uh small town church and it, it just really hammered home uh the whole experience of that day of walking through the small town 
seeing the sights, uh, hearing the noises, mm-hmm. and uh, getting a feel for the landscape. And then there he was, you know? So here, here's the thing. I, I, I agree with you that the church is, is uh, you know, the pinnacle, I think, which was, that did surprise me mm-hmm. because I wasn't expecting that. Um, we started off the day doing like a tour of the museum that mm-hmm. like the Birthplace Trust has... Uh, a portrait and they have like a bunch of other things that are like you know Shakespeare adjacent um, which you know you can get up close and personal with an old painting you know but weirdly we were like oh well you know we went to the National Portrait Gallery we went we've seen a lot of paintings it was it wasn't that big a deal and then you go through the houses and and it's cool it's like you know can I tell the story about when we left um, uh, the Shakespeare birthplace and the sure. lady um, at the door. Do you remember that story? No. Okay. When we we were leaving, <laughs> and maybe it was... Did we go to Hallscroft? I don't remember if we did. I don't remember either. We might have. That might have been one of the places we went to. But either way, we were leaving, and the lady at the door, very cordial, asked us what, what our plans were. Um, she And she specifically said, have you been to the church yet? Yes. And we said, that's no, right. that's our next stop. And her voice got all quiet and she like looked us in the eye and she goes he's there you know and it was just like this weird crazy like i i get chills thinking about it now because it's so bizarre to be like yeah he's there and you know she's talking about shakespeare but there's also like the fact that everybody you know whether whether or not you are a bardolator or not you buy into this myth as soon as you set foot in this town everybody's in on it so like we were like yeah he's yeah he's there and then we walked (laughs) five minutes and then we were there and there he was it was weird it was that was kind of mind-blowing to just just to experience that yeah very cool very cool if i longer stay we shall begin our ancient bickering so in lieu of uh an ancient bickerings just like we never have an ancient bicker. Well, rarely. On our topical episodes. We do sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, in lieu of that today, we are just going to straight up ask each other if uh, time-traveling Shakespeare visited current day, barring the pandemic, um, and you could take him to any one of the Shakespeare pilgrimage sites, which one would you take him to and why? And Lindsay, you're going to go first. I have to go first? Yes, because you had a good answer and you, you were happy to talk Well, no, about. I just had an answer. Okay, well, go for it. I'm, okay. I'm curious. Um, I would very much like to take Shakespeare to morbidly visit his own grave. I want him to explain the poem. The damn poem. Tell me what the fuck you're, you okay, mean well, by this. Did created, you write that? You've just created a time a paradox, paradox where now he has to write that poem. And yeah. then he's going to be like, fuck, this poem sucks. People are going to think I'm not a poet because I'm writing this. But I have to I have to, do to it. now because I've seen that it's in the future. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Lindsay. You just fucked up the time system. Maybe I set it to rights. Yeah, maybe. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he wrote all the plays. We had them. So whatever you did worked. So just keep it going. Right on. Okay, I can... It's a little morbid. Yeah, it it would be. It's definitely a little morbid. He'd Uh, probably be pretty pissed off. Yeah, that'd be really fucking weird. Why would you take me Hey, look, that's where you're dead. That's where your bones are, buddy. And he'd be like, gross. Yeah. I'm only Uh, 53. And I'm like, well, buddy, I got news for you. (laughs) (laughs) You don't make it much further. Uh, But yeah, uh, no, mine is the obvious example, the one I thought you were going to pick. And that's Mm. why I was going to have to choose the church and his bones, which was my backup choice. But my main choice, of course, the the globe. Yeah. Uh, The globe would be just so cool. Yeah. I've always wanted to show Shakespeare a play of his put on in the modern times you know be like that episode of doctor who where yeah, exactly. van gogh comes back and hears i don't think shakespeare was that insecure about himself no probably not was. but uh, but it'd still be pretty friggin' rad to be like wow 400 years later they're still they're still doing my plays do you think people would recognize shakespeare well we'd have to give him a haircut when he arrived or just shave him bald entirely ponytail a man bun. Put oh my Shakespeare god! Bun. Well, he's bald on top though, so yeah, how do so you do have that? To really twirl, I guess, or something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, you put him in some some modern modern duds. clothing. I mean, I think the the accent and the fact that he doesn't speak English or understand. We could just pass him off as our, you know, <laughs> he's from the North. American cousin. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you've heard that theory that like yes. people in certain places in southern the southern blah, 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 in the southern, southern US, United yeah. States speak English much more closely to Roanoke. Is it Roanoke? I don't know. What, no, what, it was an island off Virginia or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yes, we could say that. Um, but he'd know all the, the lay of the land, so that I don't know. But yes, definitely the globe. Cool. That'd be cool. I mean, I think he'd be totally overwhelmed by London in, yeah. <laughs> in 2021. But uh, it'd still be a great place to, to take him and show show the sights. Now, now I kind of want this to happen. You want to invent time travel so that you mm-hmm. can show Shakespeare his bones and then a play? Yeah, that sounds like a fun date night. No? Am I wrong? I love you more than ever. (laughs) That's the third time you've said that in this episode. Because you are and I really appreciate you. If music be the food of love, play on. Aiden, what's up next on our podcast? Next we have Cymbeline, which I know is one of your favorite plays. I've never read it. We Um, read it in class. I didn't read that. That was the one I didn't read in class. Uh, and you did. Mm-hmm. It was the one you did read in class. No, I read uh, half of them. Did you? I did. Did you? Uh, and that's going to be the second to last of our canonical plays because yeah. after that is The Tempest. And then we are going to do some of the pseudo canonical. Yeah, Henry VIII's or All is True. Yeah. Um, Two Noble Kinsmen. Yeah, the apocryphal yeah. considered plays. Uh, we will look at those later on. But uh, yeah, similarly, we're coming yeah. to the end. Wow. This is crazy. I know. So, uh, Thank you very much, listeners, for listening to us ramble on about, about this. our trip. Yeah. Like, this is like the most boring podcast ever. It's like literally just, we, we should put up a slideshow with it so that we can like, you can go through the full <laughs> agony of just having like someone click. be like, and this is where, this is, and this is this thing that you guys didn't, weren't there for, and you can't experience it all. But we hope we've kind of shrouded it in a little bit of, of uh, pedantic monasterianism what are you talking about i just made up a word i was looking for some sort of religious babble (laughs) i think i think the the point of this is that if if we shadows have offended no jesus Um, we are really struggling i think well we're both very tired (laughs) it's it's been a long pandemic yeah Um, and we went out on a date night tonight it was so long we had to people tonight Um, we hope that it has maybe inspired some of you to take the trip safety first obviously Mm -hmm. we are in a pandemic so if you are traveling to England or to um, Stratford-upon-Avon specifically um, we hope that this yeah yeah, do so safely but we hope that this has kind of um, maybe shed some light on on what the experience is like and and convince you that it's kind of worth it whether you're a Shakespeare fan or not well if you're not a Shakespeare fan why would you go for the history. Yeah, but you can just get the history. I guess. Yeah, I know, but like, it's still kind of cool. Okay. Right. Good sell. It claps, Aiden. It sure does, Lindsay. It sure does. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast fix. If you want to tell us what you think of Shakespeare, his plays, poems, or any of the topics we discuss, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on Twitter, that's at the Bixpod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebixpod, or by email at thebixpod at gmail.com. That's our cue to exit.